Um, who wants to guess how long I've been mapping? Okay, yeah, I think, what did you say? Yeah, I think it's 14, it's 14 years, because I got married in 2009. So, um, is anyone here younger than 14? Okay, so I've been married longer than some people here have been alive, which is interesting. Um, I met Pip um, when we went on a mission to parks. You know our church does parks mission and Baptist mission? There used to be an original parks mission. And I went on that and I met my wife there and I noticed that she was always hanging out with the people that other people overlooked. And so I was like, wow, she's pretty cool. And then um, you know, uh, started dating and um, yeah, like, yeah, we got, um, uh, we, we dated for a year and then we got engaged and then we were engaged for eight months, I think, or yeah. Pip's dad, who's like not a Christian, was like, you should just move in together. But we were like, we're not going to do that. But because he was like, we wanted us to delay the marriage a bit. We waited a little bit longer. So I think instead of six, five or six months getting married after engagement, we got married in about eight months or something like that. So, um, yeah. Okay, um, so throughout your 14 years of marriage, uh, it's probably not a smooth, smooth road at all. Probably like bumpy, bumpy moments. Uh, so, what are some of the joys and some challenges you faced during those uh, 14 years of marriage? Yeah, um, yeah this is, I guess, the thing about um, what you, you don't know the future. Um, and so, you don't know. You might have a plan for, for your life, but it might turn out completely differently. For example, you might have a kid who is handicapped, or your spouse might have an accident, you know, or, you know, you lose your job, um, or your spouse falls away from Jesus, you know, um, which is why it comes back to that covenant idea. You have to come back to, to um, placing your security in Jesus, because you just don't know. Um, so, some down, some difficult bits were when we were dating and when we had just got married, my wife was, like, heavily depressed because of her, like, family upbringing, so... She had to like see a lot of counsellors and stuff like that, so it's pretty, pretty rough. And she, I feel like she took it out on me a fair bit, like with getting angry and just because she's so, um, it's so emotional. Um, so I found that that was hard. But I guess like that video was a little bit like, if I can commit to you at your worst, then like that's a good sign for the future. And I wanted her to have some sort of, some sort of stability because her parents got divorced and her mom, her sister was suicidal and all these sorts of things. So. Um, other hard things, we struggled with infertility for six years, and so that was really hard. We thought we could you know, just fall pregnant when you kind of want, and then that didn't happen. Um, so, um, yeah, like, <clears throat> yeah, we, we had went through IVF and um, all this sort of stuff. And Lydia is our last embryo, is an IVF baby, and then the other two kids came naturally in God's kindness. So, so that was pretty tough, but God used that so that we could minister to other people who struggle with infertility, like for example maybe two months, three months ago we went back to more college and we met with all the college students who were struggling with infertility and were able to kind of encourage them. Even last night we went out to dinner with a couple who struggled with infertility, but actually in, like, they were actually encouraging to us because 
they, um, she responded really negatively to the, the, the hormones that they give you when you do IVF. So actually, a long time ago, they, they decided not to have, uh, they couldn't do it anymore, IVF. So, and they've just kind of accepted God's will that they're going to invest in other young people um, in the kingdom rather than having their own kids. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really encouraging. Um, so, yeah, I think those are some of the, the difficulties. Um, I mean, I'll, you know, the other difficulty of two simple people get married it doesn't equal less sin. And so we can talk about that in a moment. The joys, the joys um, are obviously having kids and seeing them grow to love Jesus and just having a lot of fun with them. Um, the joys are having someone who loves Jesus who and so about the most important things in life. We share those um, priorities and we talk about Jesus and we talk about how we can you know, encourage others and you know, we have an openness to see counsellors or stuff like that if the other person says, yeah, we think we should see counsel or something like that. Um, something the foundation there and then, you know, I think also we got married when Pip was just turned 19 and I was 21. And so in today's view, that's very young. And people say, don't get married young, try before you buy, um, you know, just live together, you know, Enjoy life. Wait, wait to get older. Get, get a job. Get security. Like, and I think you know, if my commitment was, well, if God, if I believe what God says in Matthew six, which is God provides for us as we seek first the kingdom, and He marriage is a good thing, then He's going to provide for us. So Pip was still studying when we got married, and I was working as a personal trainer, um, but I wasn't like making a lot of money. And so we didn't have much money, but we, we got married, and God's provided for us ever since. And the other cool thing about that is, because we got married like at that early, I like was in the middle of study, of my studies, Pip was still studying, we've kind of seen most life stages together, and so that means you kind, of, you kind of have a lot of shared memories, and you grow together through those things. So Pip was really depressed and anxious. Someone's at that door, I think. Someone's opening up. So I actually remember like helping her a lot with her assignments and stuff. Um, so we've got a lot of like, you know, cool memories and things like that um, which we share together. Cool. Thank you for answering that. Uh, uh, just the last question is: What are some of the best pieces of uh, wisdom you received? Uh, some valuable advice for marriage. Thanks, man. Yeah, when I when I got to um, I think my tenth tenth or eleventh wedding anniversary, I actually wrote a couple of articles about it. Because um, I felt like, oh, what have I learned so that I can kind of solidify it for myself? Um, some, of the, some of the things that I've... Um, I, guess, I guess as I say this, I'm saying this stuff because I know none of you are at the stage where you're going to get married immediately, but um, you want to... The, the things I'm talking about now, you need to cultivate in your relationships now and in yourself now because what you bring into the, your marriage is you and your character... And if your character is selfish, you're going to have a selfish marriage that's not going to go very well. And so um, I talk to Hudson, my son all the time, who's like a pretty selfish kid. And I, I tell him like, you know, no one's going to want to marry you, Hudson, when you're selfish like this. Start now. So I'm trying to train Hudson and he's like five years old. Um, but even more so for you guys. Um, so firstly... Um, Cultivate thankfulness. Bring, if you start dating someone once you finish school, and I say once you finish school because you should only date if you're thinking about getting married to that person and if they're a Christian. Um, 
thankfulness together. So at night, Pip and I, not always, but sometimes write, like, what are, say to each other, what are three things we're thankful for? Because um, it's easily, easy to be more critical. Two, um, because the worst thing in, about marriage is you and your me-first attitude, that's, if you're selfish now, you're going to really negatively impact your marriage and your spouse, and you're going to think the other person's the problem. So what I would say to counter the me-first attitude is, one, you've got to focus on your faults and your, on your spouse's needs. Um, you can apply that to any relationship, friends, girlfriend, boyfriend. Naturally, we focus on the other person's faults and my needs, and so we're always gossiping about someone else and complaining, but instead we should focus on our own faults and their needs, and that's actually going to make you much um, better at serving your spouse. Um, yeah, and so related to that is be, be um, aware of being defensive in arguments. So what generally happens is in marriage or in relationships, someone says something you don't like or they criticise you or their tone is negative, which is classic in my marriage, um, and you get defensive and you start like attacking them and telling them they're the problem and you don't really hear them. So my encouragement would be James um, chapter 1 says each one of you should be Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I reckon that verse, aside from Ephesians 5, which is husbands lay down your lives for, as Christ laid, for the bride, as Christ did for the church. I reckon that verse is probably up there in the top five because the natural thing that happens is your spouse says something that ticks you up um, or like you get annoyed and so you criticise them and you blame them, which I do and all this sort of thing. So... Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And what that means is, I reckon, take your complaint to God. So it, practice it with your friends. Someone says something you don't like, before you respond, pray to God about it. And say, this is how I'm feeling. And as you do that, it'll like calm you down because you know God's in control. And then you can start reflecting on yourself. So take it to God. Um, and you might actually realise the truth that partly it is about you and you are partly the problem. Um, or at least it'll help you respond with something that's helpful to say rather than something unhelpful. Um, the next thing is, I think, just you've got to keep coming back to Jesus' example and his, what he did for you. So his example, Ephesians chapter 2, you know, he humbled himself to death on the cross for his bride. So your attitude, Ephesians 2 says, let everyone among you have the same attitude as Jesus, um, which is to put others' interests first. So... You should be starting each day, how can I serve my friends? How can I serve my girlfriend, boyfriend? How can I serve my wife? Um, um, and the last thing related to that is, don't just not only follow Jesus' example, but remember what he did for you. Um, because I reckon the hardest things in marriage are to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I forgive you. And that's probably the same for your friendships, saying, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, I, I forgive you. Those words, super hard to say. But when you remember Jesus has been more hurt by you than your friends or your girlfriend, boyfriend or your spouse has been, has hurt you, when you remember what he's done and taken for you, you'll be more gracious to your friends, your boyfriend, girlfriend or your spouse. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mike, for the uh, answers. So we'll move on to the next item. So we actually have a guest. We have uh, Chris here. Uh, so I'll just turn the mic over to Chris and uh, he'll just make a few announcements. Hey guys, uh, my name is 
address. I'm a student at this school. I'm here to talk to you guys about uh, kind of after high school, which is 